This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Catch Up with Louise Makshari. This is the podcast that aims to keep you caught up and up to date on everything that's going on. Obviously, we've moved. We, I keep saying we. Who's we? It's me. <laughs> we, you and I, I suppose. We have moved to a three episode a week for format uh, whereby I bring you a news catch up on a Monday entertainment catch-up on a Wednesday, and then an interview for you to enjoy on the Friday. Someone who's done something interesting is doing something interesting, has something interesting going on. And we'll get to that now in a second. I hope you're feeling good. I hope you had a good week. I'm not going to lie, guys. I've not had a great week. This week has not been the one. I So many, like, I am terrible, terrible at anything adult. Like, anything admin-y, Anything to do with money, banks, revenue, like any of that stuff breaks me out in hives. Like I would happily hand over all of my money and big life decisions to someone else forever. Like that would bring me a lot of peace. And I've had to do a lot of that stuff this week and it makes me feel miserable. It makes me feel like I'm not a grown up. It makes me have imposter syndrome on the highest level and I hate all of it. And this week has been a lot of that. So I'm not going to pretend like this has been a great week because it simply has not. And as I always say, every week can't be a good one. And this has not been one of those, but that's okay. Um, that's just life, isn't it? And I'm sure I'll have a great one coming up again soon. Um, I did start getting IPL this morning, which is exciting. Kind of wanted to, vaguely wanted to get IPL for a long time. It's... um basically like a laser treatment for your skin um, and it is said to like improve your skin's texture, redness, reduce any kind of discoloration and just generally look at, make your skin look smoother and younger and all the things you want if you're subscribing to um, current beauty standards. Um, so I was invited into uh, the Institute of Dermatologists this morning and um, for a skin assessment. And then she said, do you want to just do it now? And I was like, yeah, it's um, 
not pleasant, but it's not like viciously sore. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the results. Um, so I started it this morning. I'll have four more uh, treatments of the initial phase. You get it done four times with four weeks in between. And then you just kind of maintain it twice a year. I don't know, guys. Like, we'll see. Do you know what I mean? This, by the way, this was, as I said, I was invited in. Um, obviously, uh, through my work as a beauty journalist, I got invited to try a lot of different treatments. And um, so that's what was happening here, to be very clear about that. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, however, you may have seen on my Instagram stories, she took some clinical photographs of my skin before we actually did the treatment in order to assess kind of what I needed or what my skin needed or what, what could be improved. And my God, they were humbling. Like <laughs> They were humbling. One of them showed all the redness and then the other one showed all the brown spots, which is like any kind of freckles or like sun damage or anything. And wow, not at first of all, I mean, also not a kind angle. So even the angle we were looking at my face was kind of troubling, but um, I'm happy to say it didn't upset me. It actually made me laugh a lot, a lot. Um, and I'm going to make a reel at the end of all the treatment and um You'll, I will include those photographs in it because truly um, gave me such a laugh. So there you go. That was probably the bright spot of my week. Um, now, though, I will talk to you about today's interview. Lots of you asked me if this was going to happen because, of course, I was in Galway last week doing a, an event in Kenny's Bookshop with Laura DeBarra to celebrate the launch of her new book, which is called Garment Goddess. And loads of people were like, are you recording something? Are you recording something with her? Are you recording something with her? Of course I did. Of course I did. I went to Laura's Hotel in the afternoon before the event and we sat down and talked about Garment Goddess, her new book, which focuses on making good decisions when you're buying clothes and also caring for your clothes well. It teaches you what to look out for, teaches you basic sewing tips and it's all in Laura's just incredibly chic fabulously camp style um, and she herself is brilliant if you're not familiar with Laura from social media which I know lots of you will be um, you definitely just stick around because she is so great um, and the story of how she kind of came to be doing what she's doing now I think is great as well so without further ado let's listen to Laura DeBarra well, Laura DeBarra we are in the beautiful setting of the G Hotel in Galway um, which actually holds so many memories for me from like a different era of my life have you yeah. been here before no I I was in Galway I think when I was like 12 and yeah. I've never been back but I only ever hear incredible things about Galway Galway's amazing yeah it's and really people good. in Galway are incredible like yeah. they're I always say they're like they're like they're so gentle like I had a flatmate from Galway and all his friends from Galway everyone's just so gentle in Galway I mm. love it it's and everybody here who knows how to have a good time like yeah. they once called this place or when I moved here people used to say it's the graveyard of ambition because people come and then they never leave because it's so great okay, and now so I want to move here <laughs> yeah I would move here I would raise my kids here like mm. happily I think yeah. I would have a very happy life here and um, but I can't because I my life is in Dublin <laughs> But it, 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 under different circumstances, I would be very happy to live here. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Galway. We are here to talk about your third book, which mm. is out, uh, Garment Goddess. How's, how are you feeling about it all? It's really surreal. I think like I got back into Ireland yesterday and then because I live over in London, sometimes you have a bit of space from in a bad way from anything you're doing because yeah. any of the work I do around like any author work is all in Ireland mm. and when I got back like I saw bookstores today with it in the windows we did an event last night in Cork we have the event with you this evening it's all feeling really real yeah and I think like this book is 
I think I felt like I had to kind of like prove myself a little more in it because I hadn't worked in fashion like as in it, it's my background but I think I hadn't ever kind of come out as a fashion girly mm. you know mm-hmm. so I, I really wanted this book to have loads in it so the writing process of this was much harder than the other DIY books because I'm doing DIY every day yeah you know I'm, I'm siliconing a bath and I'm like oh, I'm gonna write about siliconing a bath tonight mm. whereas this I just it was like it's just jam-packed and I think I had just worked so hard in it that now actually seeing it in a bookshop mm. it just feels so nice you know yeah. I feel like this I can kind of like ease up on myself a bit you know yeah I hope so because it's funny that you say you kind of had to prove yourself as a fashion girly but I think anyone who follows you on Instagram knows that like you have a passion for fashion if you'll excuse <laughs> the expression but just for people who don't know tell us a little bit about your career um mm. because you do have a, a back a background mm. in fashion yeah I so I've always loved it like from an early age my grandmother taught me how to sew and I was always making clothes. I actually did a TV show segment on RT that used to be played during the den. Mm. Yeah, called um, Clobber, where I'd teach people how to make things out of things that are around the house. So like handbags out of tights and like all these bits and pieces. And then, I, so I always knew I wanted to be in fashion. Stood a college comm course for a year in Cork. And then I went and somehow got into ECA. I don't know how. I uh, skipped first year and did my degree there. So ECA for people who don't know. Edinburgh College of Art. And it's like, like I've, it changed my life being there. Like I worked day and night to even, because I had to self-fund. So like I worked every bar job going at three jobs for my final year. But I met my best friends for my entire life. Mm. I met the most amazing people, got my degree there. And then I worked for a fashion supplier. I did other things like an internship at River Island. And then I got my main fashion job was working for a Turkish fashion supplier. Mm-hmm. So we used to supply high street brands. And then I kind of worked my way up there. I ended up, when I had left, I was manager of menswear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then I went into a boutique brand. But I kind of fell out of love with designing fashion when the fast fashion trend really hit. Yeah, Like it just became, usually I would be the one that would always go through all the reports and all the catwalks and start designing. And then all of a sudden, they were just showing us a picture of a celebrity being like, we need this in store in eight weeks. There's no design there. You're just supplying things mm. that are low quality. So I remember just taking a step back because I was just thinking, we're, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be mm. part of this. I had a real, like, my conscience was kind of like, this isn't, I don't want to be part of this. Like, we're creating landfill. Mm. We're putting out garments where the zips don't even work on the pockets and mm. stuff. You know, just, it's just a photographed mm. item. So that's when I ended up going into property. My boss in fashion actually was like, I don't want to lose you why don't you come and style some properties for me? Mm. And then I just ended up being like, no one's showing up for repairs. <laughs> Even the agents we pay to buy these properties aren't doing us any justice. So mm. I just started moving into property development then just by accident, I think. It's interesting how it all kind of happened organically for you. Like, it feels like you, this is the path you were meant to be on, I feel like. Yeah, but like, I think like I, like, la- like last night we were talking at one of the events um, and I'd almost kind of forgotten this. I didn't know what I was doing for ages. Like, I was like, uh, 23 I think when I did my degree mm. or 22 I think um, I was working like on a makeup counter in Brown Thomas for a while I just didn't know and like the girls I was working through were all like super talented and super good at makeup mm. that is not me like <laughs> if I get if I manage to get away with it I'm good you know like mm. but I was you know I didn't know what I was doing for so long and now I think I've really learned that just like 
ease up a little bit and mm. it comes it'll come and find you you'll figure it out yeah so that's definitely how it's been with that it is funny though I think when you're in your 20s like your early to mid 20s you feel like everybody else has got it figured out and I don't but in the reality is nobody's got it figured out and it's actually I think only as you get older so as true. you know yourself more as you kind of do and rule out things that you start to feel like okay these are actually what's important to me yeah and like your friend who had a pension at 20 that you were like oh my god like there's such an adult <laughs> is now turning around to your 40 going I hate my job I've been in it for like 30 yeah. years already or something crazy and like you know you just realize that everyone has some kind of internal struggle with stuff like this you totally know? some are more visible some aren't yeah and I think like life and work and stuff is more about enjoying it like yeah. I think I have a lot of conversations with friends I think it's just our age as well at the moment that like we just want to wake up and not feel dread around work or yeah. stress you know yeah, yeah just to be able to do something you enjoy is very privileged state to be in you know yeah Even and to find that like work-life balance oh yeah it's so hard <laughs> it's so hard but it just gets more and more important I think as you get older yeah yeah like I like my property job at one stage I had 60 tenants seven days a week constantly going then you have the guilt obviously as a woman you're put into positions where you should be a carer at all mm. time people expect like that you will never say no to them mm. and I ended up having to cut off that investor and move on to other and work with other people I've had to do that a lot in my career because I had no balance mm. you know like it was like you you're so stressed all the time there's mm. no lifestyle out of it so like mm. I finally got into that stage where lifestyle is more important you know mm -hmm. so this book then uh, yes. tell me where this came from as I said at the start this is your third book mm -hmm. um, and it's very similar to the other books in tone which I think is great like you have carved out such a unique voice you know the lord of our voice everybody knows that you know you're going to get things explained really clearly the illustrations are unbelievable oh, um, but, but I know from being your friend that you work so hard on every detail oh, of yeah. every book <laughs> um, but why was it important to do this book at this time about these topics I think when Gaff Goddess was born it was at a time when I started to realize through managing so many tenants there's so much about our homes that we don't know and yeah. I, the generation before us could not pass it down because my grandmother wouldn't know how a brand new wi-fi operated dishwasher works yeah there it's a gray area because there's the knowledge isn't being passed down and then when people, the response from the other two books, I think people were like, I never knew that I wanted to know that. And now I know it. I'm so glad I know it. Yeah. And then I think, like, basically people were asking me so many questions when I would share something like, this dress is low quality, the dress that everyone's buying from this brand or whatever, mm. that I started to realise, hang on a second, there's a gaff goddess for almost everything in our lives, you know. Mm. Decor galore was the answer to, like, buying an interior. And with Gaff Goddess, I with Garmin Goddess, sorry, I'm going to be doing that now all week. <laughs> um, with Garmin Goddess, I just found that like, we are the generation before us, like when I talk to my mum about clothing and she's like, I bought this jumper last year from this brand and I rebought it this year and it's lighter, it's bad quality, it's not washing. Mm. They don't know because they haven't lived in this fast fashion era. Yeah. And then when I'd be explaining it to someone like my mum, she'd be like, I never knew that about fabric composition. I never knew that's how a jumper was constructed and that what they've done is they've skipped a stage. So I think it was just organically happening. And then I think now is the time we're all a bit sick. We're let down by clothing and like the thing is like a lot of teaching around fashion or sustainable fashion has shame attached to it yeah I'm sorry like you'll know this as a woman I deal with enough shame now about <laughs> anything that we do yeah I don't want my clothes to be be attached to no. shame either I think we like expressing through clothing or even if you just like clothing or you like wearing the same thing every day you know even if you're not flamboyant in the way you dress we like our clothes but we feel too shameful to say that because then we sound like we're either 
airheads or that we're wasteful or that we're contributing to the landfill, there is actually a space for us to be conscious and still shop. Yeah. And I think I was very scared of talking about sustainable fashion because people want you to be, like, they want me to come in in a potato sack, you know, and just be like, I'm so, I am 100% sustainable. Mm. But that's makes everyone afraid of being sustainable in fashion. Yeah, what, like, one thing I love in the book is that there's no judgment. Like, you know, at one stage you say, look, we all own fast fashion items. Like, that is yeah. a reality of living in the time that we live in. You know, none of us are immune. You know, sometimes you're stuck and that's what you do. You, yeah. you know, you pick something up. It's not like anyone well maybe like two percent of people on the planet are able to open their wardrobe and say that everything in here is like sustainably sourced sustainably made you know living wage all that kind of stuff um but it's about trying to almost be sustainable within those kind of fast fashion garments which is something that I talk about a lot because as a plus size person I don't have access to the same clothes as other people like that's just a reality it's not an excuse but um you know I try and be really mindful about when I buy what I buy and being sure that I'm going to wear whatever it is loads, you know. That's sustainable Whereas fashion. I used to. <laughs> Not to be like that. But I do think we all are more like that now, you know. Like, yeah. I think all of us have gone through stages of casting off our clothes quicker, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just too easy to do it as well. Mm. But now I think, like, like, I think the way you shop is sustainable fashion. Mm. Because this whole thing of, like, you can, like you can buy as much as you want and throw away as much as you want as long as you're doing it vintage. Like, vintage has turned into massive consumption drive. Even when you go into, like, some companies that they're like, this is our ethical brand, Mm. it's still buying. Whereas if you're buying to last a long time and you're like, okay, I'm going to buy this and make sure that it has the integrity and it can do what I need it to do Mm. and I'm going to keep it. Now, don't get me wrong, producers can fuck us over you know Mm. you can put all the work into it and that's when it might fall apart that's why the book I think is so important yeah it's teaching you like I even teach you in some of the chapters like how to examine stitching like I would have done you know these are the things that I find absolutely fascinating in the book is that like I really knew I had never even considered stitching until you started talking about it Mm. on your Instagram and obviously it's in the book as well like I had never considered that different stitches are stronger weaker that like you know you can identify whether steps have been skipped or whether something's fast-tracked or whatever like and all of that information is in the book and it's so useful because I would not have known previously how to Mm -hmm. look for quality so what are your you know some of the tips that are in the book for trying to buy well I think the first thing that I would always do is like you say right accessibility to the best sustainable stuff it just doesn't exist right Mm -hmm. so sizing budget where you live Mm -hmm. you know like you mightn't be able to get to it so if you are like I'm wearing a high street store jumper right now but I was able to examine it by usually I will just examine the fabric composition is it fit for purpose Mm. so there's a lot in the chat in the chapter on fabric like I'm never going to say like you can only buy natural fabrics from now on they're hard to get your hands on these days yeah it's more going right I'm buying this for work it's synthetic I'm this is a job that I sweat a lot in. I'm going to sweat even more in that yeah it's being just aware of what you're buying and that it's fit for that purpose and then the construction of the garment mm. so like you know when someone you're if you're worried about things being ethically made you can figure that out on the shop floor if you see stitching that isn't even and look like it's really nicely done the person sewing that if it's all small like all different size stitches or runched and it's poorly stitched or you look like the stitches have gone back over again Mm. that is somebody who has not been trained properly Mm. and if they've not been trained properly they're not getting paid properly Mm. or it's somebody who has had to work so fast to be able to make their money so the minute I see that I don't want that garment Mm. that garment is some like somebody has been really unfairly treated with that 
and then from a construction point of view that's going to fall apart yeah and then you want to look at like even like there's a big section on like zips and buttons and fastenings yeah. and like I don't want to spoil it necessarily for people no. but I also want to let people know like it's stuff that like it is interesting and it makes you such an expert on the shop floor yeah and like simple tips like I'm sorry I also don't want to spoil your book but like even things like you know lying a garment down flat and looking at whether the zip lays flat or whether it's mm. kind of you know runched up um like I think these the tips are so useful um I'm interested because obviously there's choosing your clothes and then there's caring for your clothes which is such a huge part of the book Mm -hmm. and I loved it like I remember learning from you about fabric softener it has completely changed my life um I no longer use it ever is there ever a time you think people should use fabric softener it can work if you actually turn over the packet of a fabric softener even though in the adverts it'll be a baby bouncing on a towel Mm. and it'll tell you not to use it on kids wear or on towels Mm. Um, it'll tell you that it is suitable for wool, mm-hmm. 100% wool and silks because their fibres basically they'll have a bit of keratin in them. Mm. It's hair. It's like putting conditioner. So fabric softener is like conditioner that mm. doesn't wash out. It's mm. usually got an animal fat in it. It stays on. It attracts bacteria, odour. It'll be lovely for two washes and then after a while. But the companies are telling you not to use it on your towels, your bedding. Like if you feel like you sweat a lot at night, which I think is super normal, if you if your bed sheets are washed with fabric softener, it's because that that's stopping your sweat evaporating and mm. it's making you hotter. So it's just not a great mm. product. And I think care is with with a long for a long lasting wardrobe. You can buy well all you want, but if you're not looking after the clothes, yeah, it makes such a difference. And I what I wanted with the book as well, I wanted people to make a difference to their wardrobe without buying anything. Yeah. So the care section's about that. It's like. How do you, even the way you hang stuff, even store stuff, you know, like we're told constantly with fashion how to store loads of stuff we don't want. Fold it really nicely. Mm. Use loads of vacuum pack bags, boxes, Mm. but people don't realise what vacuum packing does to fibres and like how long it takes to go back to normal. And I think people don't realise that like if you just have like in decor galore, there's a way to arrange your wardrobe so that you get the most use out of it. You arrange it in how, where you wear the garments. You have like Mm. a work section drink section date section you know that Mm. kind of like and then you wear your clothes more and I think people aren't told that they're just told if you just buy a nice crisp white shirt every season Mm. this thing of like this like crisp white shirt a good pair of jeans like all this is shoved down our necks constantly Mm. we're never told to look at what we already have and how to care for it but also I think sometimes if you are someone who has a lot of clothes like Mm. if you are someone who has had a pretty hardcore shopping habit and you have loads of clothes it's impossible to see what you have it is and also and I say that as someone who has experienced that like that's not me being judgy like I certainly found I got to a point where I was like I can't see anything you're blind to it yeah and all you're thinking of is storing it like I remember we used to do this thing at the office where you got to keep samples that they were throwing out and my bedroom was overflowing because I was like, this is free clothes. And yeah, I, I was obviously early, I'm taking it. I was like, yoink, even when there's like a patch cut out for sampling or whatever, I'm like, I'll take mm. it and sew it up. I think like obviously in early days of fashion, wasn't earning very much, couldn't afford to shop. But my room was overwhelmed. And like that, I would spend like hours folding everything into place, but I wasn't wearing any of it. Yeah. I think like when people are in that situation, group, this is what I did with my mum because she's like, I have nothing to wear. And she's an overflowing wardrobe. We grouped everything right down to tiny groups. So there's like clothes that she goes for a walk in, tops, bottoms, hoodies. And then we realised she's got more hoodies for going for a walk in than anything else. Mm. Never buy another hoodie to go for a walk in Mm. again. Or like maybe we can donate some of them. I think like that's, you've got to start grouping things. Like even in the home and interiors, I always say like 
group all your bits if you're if you feel like you've loads of clutter and you realize you've six scissors mm. probably don't need them mm. that's how you can kind of downsize and wear more mm-hmm. but you're right like you can just become so unaware of what you have and feel like you don't have enough mm-hmm. and I think like the be- like the best place to start after grouping is going through the fabric composition and being like this is a really nice cotton knitted jumper mm. this will last years I'm going to match this up with something else yeah, I feel like I'm like currently trying to downsize my wardrobe and I feel like I need someone to come into my house and be like, you require only this many pairs of trousers. You require only this many jumpers, only this many. Like I've got like, I mean, Laura, I'm not joking. I've got like 40 t-shirts. I would die to come into your house and do that. Right I will. <laughs> I would die for you to do I that. Would but die. I would die of embarrassment as no. well, oh in my addition God. to being so happy. I am like the least judgy person about stuff like this. And I you know you know what I'm like with this stuff. I would just be more like, oh my god, this is fun. I just I have so many t-shirts, but I ha- but like they all are connected to like a moment. And that's you okay. Know? You can like you're you can have as many t-shirts as you want if they're like I've got a t-shirt from a bar job that I had in Edinburgh. Yeah. It doesn't even fucking fit. Yeah. Sorry, I keep thinking, can I curse? You can't. Oh my yeah. god, I need to Absolutely. clean up my mouth this up. week. <laughs> <laughs> I wear like I don't even fit in the thing like it was when yeah. I was like a 20 year old student or something like that like yeah. I and I have brought it from house to house to house because it's memories yeah so like I wouldn't feel a guilt with that they're personal things you know what I mean mm. but there's probably other stuff that you're like I'm keeping it because I thought it was so expensive at the time yeah I feel weird about throwing it out yeah yeah life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So let's talk about throwing out because obviously that's in the book as well. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you do need to get rid of clothes. That's just a fact of life. Yeah. Um, but you have some really good instructions on how to do those clear outs. I have a chapter called A Jew where you're saying goodbye to your stuff. And in Ireland, we've got this massive um, culture of putting everything into a black bag and giving it to a charity shop. And mm-hmm. it's like the worst thing that we could be doing. <laughs> my shame. I literally have three bags on my landing currently waiting for transport. But don't... Like, don't even... Again, like, I never want people to feel guilty or shame. Because we're not aware. And I've done it. Like, I remember chatting to a guy at a charity shop once where I was like, are these okay in this bag? And then he was like, do you know what's really helpful for us is if you divide them into categories. Mm. So even in the bag, if they're folded in and you just have a little note saying Mm. kids four to six years, because they don't put everything out in the shop floor straight away. Right. So, like, 
the first thing you want to do when you have anything is the first thing I do that I find so helpful and I would love if people did this more is anything that's practical suiting winter coats um, even something like a tracksuit and it's in great condition and I don't mean like a stain here and there or mm. a bit worn I mean really good condition ring local women's shelters mm. ring refuges like yeah. I'll always give my winter coat to a shelter or Shane's winter coats to a shelter first yeah. and I make sure I clean it because this it's with dignity you need to have make sure yeah. that people are being dressed I actually always get a lot of questions from people every time I say that I've donated something to a direct provision centre people are always like how do I do that you can actually honestly just ring up the direct provision mm. centre and ask if they're accepting things yeah. that's the quickest way find your local one because they're everywhere you know and those people really need yeah. help and they'll say to you, like, like I remember ringing one time, they were like, we're really desperately looking for a slim man's trouser or some kind mm. of suit. We have somebody who's attending an interview. Yeah. Well, the only slim man I know is my husband, right? So I yeah. went straight in and was like, <laughs> you know, like, do you what have an old suit? And he was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. And then you just have, you know, that could have just ended up going into, because what happens when you donate to a charity shop? Charity shop, like even though people are like I'm not a charity but like charities also have boundaries in what they can course, take yeah. what they can store and they can also make money by donating your stuff mm. to be recycled and a lot mm. of that recycling doesn't get recycled yeah. and it ends up in places where it ravages villages yeah. and economies so I think you have to first of all look at your stuff and go what can I donate to somebody who straight away making no profit for anybody? I'm just yeah. giving this as a gift to somebody. Which feels really good. And when, it takes when a that bit more works, time. When yeah. you know you've given something to someone who needs it. Like even with, I find, say with the kids, buggies or car seats or things like that. Like it, it feels great to know that someone who needs it is getting it directly. Yeah. And especially if it's something I think where somebody's like, I spent a lot of money on that. It never, it doesn't fit me or it doesn't fit me right. But I don't want to throw it out because I feel guilty. Yeah. Giving someone you know is going to get use out of it, you don't feel that guilt. No, you'll get rid of that guilt. Yeah, yeah, you and you also like, you know, you really wanted to wear that garment loads Mm. and you couldn't, someone else can. So you actually, it still serves its purpose that you bought it for. Mm. And then when you're dividing up from that, then you want to look at things like what is actually in crap condition that can't be sold. Mm -hmm. That's your recycling pile. And Mm. when you donate to a charity shop, you can also wrap up some stuff that and in a separate bag and just say this is for recycling or rags Mm. and they can make money off selling that to a recycler. The clothing bins at the side of the street. Yes. I need to talk to people about it, right? Okay. I've used them. Mm -hmm. There was a state, like the marketing on them is stunning. Mm -hmm. We were all like, how amazing. I live in a flat in a city centre. I can just walk outside my flat, fill that up and go. But on the side, they'll have details of where that's actually going. And if you are donating stuff that's like a mixed T-shirt that's like polyester, viscose and cotton, Mm -hmm. you can't separate them anyway. They can't be recycled. That's Mm -hmm. going to landfill. Mm -hmm. So like you want to just make sure. And sometimes I, I mean, I've put really good samples that I've gotten at work into those clothing bins, not realizing it's going to be like it's it's going to be recycled mm. that could have gone to a charity shop and made them some money yeah so you have to divide you know when you recycle anything in your house and at mm. the kitchen bin the clothes are the same yeah you've got to think like what bin does this go into what bin does this go into it does take more time but otherwise you are just you're not doing what you think it's not giving what we think it's giving you know as well I was a uh, cork legend uh, PJ Kirby recently posted Love. he was like what happened to jumble sales and I was like yeah I've recently been thinking in America there's this culture of garage sales yeah um, there was one of Vanderpump rules when they said that Jack slept with my favourite jumble sale of all there was and I really wish we were doing that more now as a culture because I have like 
some wedding presents that like I just will never use. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm but never going to use them, but someone else would yeah. love them. Mm-hmm. Or I have clothes at the moment. Um, I've just I'm going through a bit of a style transition, so I have clothes at the moment that are really great, like s- super high quality that I know loads of people would love. Um, and you want to make sure they get into the right hands. I'm like, why aren't we doing more like yeah. uh, like organic clothing sales? That we should do. We should actually do like a Dublin swap shop yeah. or like you know like bring a trestle table set yourself up. Well, I actually saw that um, Oxfam, I think, have coming up at the, I think it's the end of February, start of March. I'll find a link and put it in the show notes if it's, if I'm getting any of this information right. Um, they're encouraging people to have clothes swap parties. Incredible. Um, where you get your kind of people together, your friends or family, and then you can swap clothes. But again, like as a plus size person, I have one, I have two friends. <laughs> two friends and who we can kind of share clothes with um and we all are like it's such a novelty to even be able to do that but like it is you know look there's ways around this and we we probably need to do more to try and implement those kind of systems in our lives as well definitely and I think like there's a place if I lived in Dublin there's this place that I I always think about it when there's something that I'm like okay I'm not going to wear this anymore I'm going to donate this because I want to keep things a bit light in my house as well and like Mm. Um, there's change clothes Crumlin mm. have you seen that is incredible mm-hmm. so you can bring your old clothes in there that are or clothes that you're not going to wear in there and they will sell it on at a much cheaper price it's like it's just incredible like have a look at it it's on mm. Instagram they do amazing work mm. they were up for an award recently actually they've just done it's like two women that run it like I mean incredible yeah. and that's where I would be putting my clothes in as well like you're directly mm. putting it to really good use now while we're talking about this I think we have to talk about fixing and sewing and altering mm. because I actually cannot believe that you have managed to explain simple alterations complete with illustrations and like the very basics of sewing in this book like it it is such an achievement Laura it it wrecked my head because I was like how do I explain something I do all the time that is so simple and you only get a couple of pages to do it like Mm. I could have gone on for a whole book on even how, how to sew but I had to pick First of all, I wanted just to teach people out there who've never sewn in their lives, right? How do you actually just sew a couple of stitches? Yeah. What's it supposed to look like? I need that, and that's what I need it. And and it's like it's made easier. I think sometimes like when I was learning how to sew, you're learning from somebody in person mm. and like I'm left-handed as well, so like I always had to learn everything in sewing a, a backwards way cuz yeah. my brain is going my hand doesn't her other hand oh so I wanted to make sure that it just felt easy because I've always found it hard to learn that stuff because yeah. I've got to reverse it all in my head. And then, and on the pages as well, you can turn it upside down if your other hands or it's not working mm-hmm. for you or put it as a diagonal. Mm-hmm. I wanted, that's why they're in a certain layout. And then with clothes that we buy, like fast fashion, because we are, like we have no choice but to buy it. This is the same repairs. I didn't want it to do like a craft book. There's loads mm-hmm. of those out there. The same problems come up with all fast fashion clothes. Mm. So I just put in those repairs because I had about yeah. 50 repairs I wanted to put in there. Yeah. And I thought, no, do you know what? People don't need that. They need to know how to replace a button, how to put a little hook and eye above a zip because they're mm. not in any fast fashion clothes mm. anymore and the zip is coming down. And they need to know how to like, if your heel goes through your hem, mm. how to bring that up and ripped pockets and coats. Yeah. Like... I would say it in the book, like you get a coat and it's fabulous. And then by the end of the winter, your key car keys are like down, down in the bottom in the of the, lining, yeah, yeah. And they're like jingling <laughs> at your knees. So it's like how to fix the stuff that does happen to our clothes yeah. these days. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that because like, Massively. I didn't know if it was going to come across. No, well. I think it comes across really well because the thing is that's so empowering. Like I think, you know, I would often commiserate with 
loads of people who are kind of similar age to me about the fact that our parents it feels like our parents or our grandparents certainly just knew how to do a lot more than we do mm. and I think this is something that comes out in all of your work Laura is it's really empowering like it makes you feel like oh no I can do this like and also I love you know that recent thing in um on TikTok that like how hard could it be boys do it there we go you know what I mean <laughs> like it is that but once you have that thought that like no this is a thing that people can do and I can do this too and you, that is the message that I feel like you consistently send and you simplify things that previously might have felt intimidating and then all of yeah. a sudden people are empowered and they're fixing their own clothes and they're doing their own bits and feeling good about it you know yeah. I think I, there's like I think I work in a very male dominated area and a lot of stuff I didn't learn because I was never exposed to it mm. for societal reasons, I guess. Yeah. Or like I didn't have an interest. Like, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like off kissing boys and like smoking behind a bus shelter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like forgetting maths as soon as I was thought, you know, like yeah. it's like important stuff. Yeah. Like I was being a social butterfly, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could call it. And very bold. So like I didn't learn this stuff. It's just gray areas. Yeah. And I just never want people to feel like it's luxury or like. Like, I, I just want to have it there in a friendly way that people can be, like, dip in and dip out. Yeah, and you know? that's how it comes across. And, look, we've only we've only touched on what's in the book. There's so much more. Um, and I really, really think, and I felt this way about Gaff Goddess and Garm, or A Decor Galore as well. It, like, they are reference books yes. that you can have in your home and come back to. And there is an index and you can find the thing that you need whenever you need it. Um, and I really hope that people get this book and, and take the kind of empowerment that it gives. I'd really like to ask you about community because yeah. I feel like you've built something really beautiful. And I know it because I get feedback every time I do something with you. Oh. People just love you. Um, how I do you feel <laughs> about that community? I think like with my Instagram I always just see it as like it's just my personal page that I'm sharing mm. what I'm doing anyway like you're the same yeah. like we're kind of like we're just kind of just going through our lives yeah. and sharing with and because I'm in London sometimes I feel like like the people that follow me get it yeah and it feels very safe you yeah. know mm -hmm. and I feel the same yeah it feels very safe and it's like fuck I wish I had access to these women you know, at certain times of my life, mm -hmm. you know, when it when things were a bit lonelier. I get so mm -hmm. emotional when I talk to myself like That's this. Okay. <laughs> I think I was talking just to someone about this last night, actually a really good friend of mine, we had a drink after the show and I was thinking like, I wish this kind of community was around at times when I felt like Me too. I was swimming against this tide all the time. And he brought up this thing, this something that I said, we could talk about it later maybe. Um you'll probably find it really funny but he was talking about this really pivotal moment when he was like that was the moment that you decided you were just going to do it differently and I think at that time I would have loved to have had like at your fingertips you have women who think it's okay to be you yeah you have women who like the same things as you yeah you have women who are like not judgmental like that's mm. I just that's one of the main things that I've like in the event last night and it'll be the same tonight and the same tomorrow night women of all ages and men of all ages mm -hmm all different styles like no two people were the same yeah and people aren't which is it can have happen a lot on social media sometimes it's that people are just like clones of the person they follow but like the celebration is in our differences mm -hmm. and it makes me feel just very safe yeah because I don't feel like I can slip up 
yeah. by being myself because yeah. that's what we're celebrating in each other. And sometimes I think when it's kind of like that lemmings approach to flocking after people and following exactly what they do and, and being carbon copies of them, mm. you feel like you can mess up and you've got a bit of imposter syndrome. Mm. I just don't feel like with the crowds that we follow, like we've got a similar audience, a lot yeah, of our do, audience yeah. overlaps. A lot of crossover, yeah. They're just sound smart people. And I think it's really good to acknowledge that because like obviously there's a lot of shit talked about the internet and about people online and trolls and nastiness and look, that's all there. Like that exists. However there is also this beautiful connection that you can have with people who are like-minded, who make you feel yeah. less alone in the world. Yeah. And I don't, you know, that's who I encounter. And if someone comes in trying to be nasty, I just block them. Yeah, like I don't, I think like my mum said it to me once, like, do you not, like, do you get any like hassle? And I was like, oh, my DMs are off. Um, I just, as from a time point of view, because I yeah. don't really make a, a lot of money like on Instagram, I do like, couple of things with Bosch and stuff yeah. but I, it's not income of producing enough for me to have an admin of that inbox yeah. and my inbox is always disappearing and going in and out so yeah, like it's really bad it's, functionally it's and very you can't bad. search it like an no, email it's so annoying I'm constantly losing messages but they make anyone who's making money from Instagram rely so heavily on a DM yeah. inbox yeah. but you can't use it properly I hate it it's like the worst tool on Instagram um, but I so I don't have the DMs on, so nothing kind of comes in my door. Like, I'm very strict about what I'm exposed to. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, a lot of that has to do with the kind of work that I'm in as well. Mm. I only, I face things that are positive. Because if I let negatives get into my head at work, you know, I lose my confidence. And you need a lot of confidence mm. when you're doing, like, property development. I just don't look for it. I don't know if it's out there kind of a thing you know like all people get hate like you know when I go on the late late mm. men have gone mental this week mm. about me saying gender roles and DIY mm. but like they're not who I cut about with that's exactly that's like, what I, I always come back to we I'm like so what party, if some dickhead who I don't like thinks I'm a dickhead like, like oh, wow. I think loads of people are dickheads yeah, I'm just exactly I'm me just, too I think loads of people are dickheads I'm just like I'm just of the caliber of person that wouldn't say it to somebody. Yeah. But I always think as well, somebody said like, you know, somebody, somebody called me like a Muppet on the Late Late Show story or something like that. It, that doesn't affect me in the mm. slightest because I guess now also like I love therapy and do use therapy. So I'm very aware of like what comes out of people's mouths yeah. and, I, and people's fingers on keyboards is a sign of what's inside them. 100%. So yeah. I n don't see the comment directed at me. Mm -hmm. I, in, I, I automatically think that person. And my husband says this thing, People don't save bad behavior for one person. Mm. So like sometime when I saw that comment, I thought my first thought was just like, I hope whoever's in their life isn't is OK. Yeah. Because if you're talking to me, a stranger like that, mm -hmm. how are you treating people like your wife is probably getting your wife is probably getting some really horrible abuse from you. Yeah. You know, you're not saving this just for me. Like you're no. not just insanely triggered by me saying there's gender roles in DIY. Yeah. So I don't see a lot of it because I personally love to positive mm -hmm. kind of. A vibe in general I'm mm. kind of I'm a bubbly person and it is out there but I just love to acknowledge the nicest yeah. side of these things you know yeah. like there's such a fun cool crew mm. that are just there every day I see them on Instagram mm -hmm. you know like we met through Instagram yeah. and because we were like god we're girls that would hang out with each other yeah there was a friend of mine that was at my wedding I met her on Instagram yeah yeah you know it's like we're now accessible to each other you yeah. know before you got married to a man and you had to hang out with his friends <laughs> and if you didn't like them how grim if you didn't like them imagine <laughs> this is why we have things like housewives and all this kind of stuff it's yeah. good people are forced to hang out so yeah. yeah I think there is a lot of negativity but like we're women we're used to it yeah it says nothing much about us mm -mm. god bless and good luck to them but yeah. like they wouldn't be at a 
house party I'd be going to I don't really care and that's it exactly and your people are your people you get each other and if people don't get you that's fine they can yeah. just find the people they do get tail as old as time I if know. I don't like somebody the last thing I'm doing is consulting is them is, is A telling them <laughs> like I don't give enough of shit B, if I if I see something and I go, that's a shit real, mm. I'm not going to then spend more time on it. <laughs> I scroll past it and then I get to like, I don't know, Dan Carter topless. And I'm like, this is what I was looking for today. <laughs> and I teach the algorithm yeah. to send me things that I like. So I don't, I, I, with TikTok especially, if I don't like something, I immediately get out of it. Yeah. If you comment and stuff like that, it's going to just give you more yeah yes but if you're a miserable fucker that's what you want I know you know I know well look I am such a fan as you know and I am so excited about this book getting out there I think it's going to be so useful for loads of people I hope, I hope so. you really enjoy this time and take it in and you know I know you worked really hard yeah on this you book. know the mountains, so my God. I really hope that you can soak it all up and feel the love that everyone has for you thank you and I'm really looking forward to tonight like so many people in Cork were just like Please tell me there's going to be an episode. I can't believe like Louise is in Galway. <laughs> One girl was even considering going up to Galway for it. She should. They just they love you. Like you know what I mean. Oh, You're well, like, again, it's our people. They're our people. My yeah. husband always says he's just like, oh, she's so famous, you know. <laughs> And like that, and she doesn't like you. Don't come across with like that kind of like. But you're so well known. Oh my god, known. I don't feel it. At he all. loves it, Auntie. Whenever I'm like, and I'm gonna be doing, and he's just like, that'll be big now. That'll be big. He's just you know, and he lived in Dublin as well. So like he was just like, I remember to see you around in Dublin. You know, he's like he's a big fan. Big. I have fan. to can't believe I've never met him. I have you to would, meet him. You would connect yeah. so much on like music and yeah, Dublin we've make and that all happen. of it. You honestly, we know. I'm sure like a million of the same he'll people. He'll be starstruck. Yeah. So I'll just let you know that in advance. <laughs> okay. Well, enough about me. Lord Barra, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. Now, it's just about time for me to go. But before I do, I do have some recommendations for you. I know I recommended a couple of things across the week, but there were a few other things that came through. Um, first of all, someone got in touch with me after we talked about the cost of formula on Monday in the episode in the news catch-up episode and I talked about my experience with breastfeeding um, and someone got in touch with me on Instagram to say that they had also had a complicated experience with breastfeeding but that this book had really helped them so I thought I would recommend it because I got a good few messages from people who who had similar stories so the book is called Milk an Intimate History of Breastfeeding um, and she says it's um you know, it's, she found the book really therapeutic. She said she initially thought it would be a love letter to breastfeeding and that that wouldn't be what she needed because she was feeling a lot of grief over the fact that her breastfeeding experience hadn't gone the way she wanted it to. But it's more about the history of breastfeeding and the fact that women have struggled with breastfeeding, you know, right the way through history and it's not a new problem as it sometimes is sold to us as um, so if you're someone who's interested in that kind of thing the book as I said is called Milk An Intimate History of Breastfeeding it's by Joanna Wolfarth um, I will put a link in the show notes also wanted to recommend um, if you were listening last week you will have heard Veda the fabulous Veda on the podcast and Veda's film is now streaming on Virgin Media Player so if you want to watch that it's called Pregnant with a Drag Queen if you missed it on Tuesday night I really recommend it it's only half an hour long not even even. And it's so entertaining. Really, really good. Um, I have begun watching Expats on Amazon Prime, which is... I'm only one episode in, but I'm very intrigued and really enjoying it so far. And I've heard good things. Um, it, it stars Nicole Kidman. She is a woman living in Hong Kong. And 
there's kind of, you don't really know what's happened, but something has happened. Something is unfolding in the first episode. I kind of don't want to give too much away because I started watching it knowing nothing. Um, and I think that's a good thing. But Nicole Kidman is in it and it is the the kind of, what you get to see is gorgeous in Hong Kong, the scenery and everything. And there is a good mix of locals and um, expats as the title suggests although I actually hate the term expats because why are some people called immigrants and other people are called expats I think we all know why but anyway um, I'm enjoying it so far so if you want to watch we can discuss further and then I also wanted to recommend Breakdown by Kathy Sweeney that's a book Kathy is going to be on the podcast next week this book I remember um, someone I follow on Instagram posted uh, just a kind of screenshot of I think it was like the blurb from the back of the book um, or even like from a press release or something months ago and I was like oh my god that sounds amazing um, and it is amazing it's good on just being a woman it's good on motherhood it's fiction by the way it's not a non-fiction it is not a super hard read and it's not super long either it's only about 200 pages so it's totally doable and you could read it by next week if you had the time I mean I appreciate not everybody has the time but um you might if you're interested in that kind of thing it might be worth reading ahead of the interview next week although I think you would enjoy the interview anyway because the themes in this book I think are things that many 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 women will relate to so as I say that's called Breakdown by Kathy Sweeney so there you go they're my recommendations look at me actual recommendations can you believe it but I will leave you now my friends for the week uh, I will be back talking to you on Monday I'm I'm loving this now um, I'm you're sending me so many encouraging words which I really really appreciate on uh, Instagram and all the rest of course you can find me on Instagram if you could do me one favor actually if I could ask one thing of you well I'll actually ask two things of you but it's up to you what you actually do if you could rate review subscribe and if you like this podcast and you like what's happening with it and you like the current shape of it please share it with your friends tell people about it it really would be so helpful to me and um, trying to get the word out about the new shape of it because I think this will the way it is now is a little bit more accessible for people because not everybody wants to listen to all the sections so I would so appreciate that and then the other thing if you wanted to join the Patreon I would be eternally eternally grateful to you if you feel like you pay a euro a week 125 a week for this podcast then maybe consider joining the patreon i would very very much appreciate it patreon.com forward slash catch up with louise mcsharry i absolutely hate doing that bit by the way i hate it so much but i cannot make this podcast without your support that's the reality of it so i have to do it anywho before i embarrass myself any further thank you so much for listening thank you to all my contributors across the week thank you to Acast for having me on the network and i hope that you have a good week but as i said they cannot all be good. And if it's not good, that's okay too. Put one foot in front of the other and I will talk to you on Monday. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.